This episode of Just the Right Book is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get on your way to being your best self. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash right book. We are living in stressful times, and the hustle and bustle of the holidays can make it even more stressful. If you're considering starting therapy, try BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with the best-for-you licensed therapist. Now is the time to give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WriteBook today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WriteBook. This is Roxanne Cody. Thanks for listening. And now back to Just the Right Book. This is Just the Right Book, and I'm Roxanne Cody of R.J. Julia Booksellers. Each week, I hope to bring to you the stories behind the books, talking with some of the very best contemporary nonfiction authors, books that are timeless and charming, provocative and of the moment, the conversations you want to hear about the books you need to read. I'm Roxanne Cody, and I'm here again with Bill Goldstein to talk about books that are catching our attention this week in the fourth episode of Just the Right Book Shorts. And just to remind you, this is a podcast experiment, we're going to say, to have a shorter show in between our regular podcast every other week. So we're still figuring out the format. We've gotten great feedback. Thank you so much for writing to us at uh, Podcast It. RJ Julia, we love hearing from you. So what Billy and I are going to do today is we're just going to talk about two books that we just read. Maybe they're on the bestseller list. Maybe they're not. And we'll see if you like that. Anyway, a big thank you to our listeners because you have shared feedback with us and we, we'd love to hear that. Okay, Billy, welcome back to Just the Right Book Shorts. Thank you, Roxanne. I'm always happy to be here and love talking about books with you in particular. So thank you. So you were on vacation. So that's obviously a good time to read. So are you going to share with us a book you read on vacation? Yes, exactly. I'm going to talk about Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. And I love this book. It was just published. It was published actually on my birthday, which is March 14th. So I, I happy I birthday. Thank you. I didn't think of it as a birthday gift particularly, but I'm very glad that I read this book and do feel now after having read it that it was a gift to me for my birthday. It is just a beautiful, beautiful book. People may remember uh, that she wrote a book a few years ago, published a book a few years ago called Dear Edward, which was also superb. And this is a novel based, uh, structured on little women. I mean, so you you would think, okay, maybe this means it's a little tired. She's resorting to structuring a book on an earlier novel. And yet it's this revelation. It's an, it's an homage to that book in one way about the strength of family, about the, the strong women in a family. And yet it's also about this man in the family, uh, a, a man not I didn't love the book only for this reason, named William. <laughs> so it's it's really about sadness and also about overcoming difficulties 
in a family life, in, in loss. I mean, when there is a sister who dies, it's about what happens in people's marriages. It's about what happens to individuals over time who struggle with the pain of living and alcoholism and just the way in which family life really unfolds. It's it's a very carefully structured novel chronologically. So you see the evolution over decades beginning in about, I think it's 1960, about what these people live through and how they thrive and decline and survive and everything that could possibly happen in a family. But Anne Napolitano is such a good writer. And even though I think I've not said anything about the book that would make it so different from any other family saga, it it is made so different by the beauty of her writing and the careful psychological portraiture of the individuals as well as the family dynamic. So, Billy, I'm glad you added that last sentence because, you know, I think sometimes there is sort of a pejorative um, taint to what I call domestic fiction, meaning looks like people we know, maybe looks like the lives we're living. And sometimes you read those books and they are worth reading because they're fun and it's like voyeuristic. You know, wow, they're screwing up even more than I screw up. (laughs) I thought my family was bad. Their family's worse. And so it's great to hear because Hello Beautiful was Oprah's 100th book club pick. Yes. It rocketed to the bestseller list. At R.J. Julia, we were incredibly fortunate. We had booked her for one of her first events when the book came out. And so this was before the hoopla, but she had a reputation as a good writer. So I I love the description that you gave, that what elevates this from what might be yet another family saga is, as you say, the psychological insight and her beautiful writing. So that's great. Hello, Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. Yes. And and one thing you made me remember when you said uh, people sometimes read these and think, oh, well, you know, at least my family is better than that. Years ago, when Running with Scissors by Augustine Burroughs was published, became a surprise bestseller. I interviewed him and he said then, so this is probably about 20 years ago, he said that he thought one of the reasons people were reading the book was because that, that, well, God, this family is so <laughs> insane. You know, we turn out to be so much more normal than, uh, so it was a kind of reverse comfort read uh, in a way. Yeah. If you're if you're immersed in this horror of this other family, you can feel good about your own. So yes, I would reserve, unreservedly recommend Hello. Okay, Beauty. I'm going to pick it up. I was hesitant, but I'm going to do it. Billy, I have a confession to make, which I end up with a lot of these confessions when it comes to reading. I have never read Little Women. So, but I am fascinated by the fact that I obviously realize that it's a classic and I ought to have read it. But there's something enduring about that story that seems to motivate other writers to adapt it in in the sort of structure of it in another way. What do you think that's about? Well, it's interesting to me that 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 you asked that question because I also have never read Little Women. I I was Ooh. not a young. I was not as a 
a boy <laughs> encouraged uh, you know against uh, it was my natural inclination to be drawn to such books uh, i think in my junior high school i was the only boy who ever took out the book sister of the bride by <laughs> beverly cleary because you could see on those cards that you used to have to fill out uh, what what other people had taken out a book. So it was something I might have been drawn to read, but I never did. But when I, the 1994 movie with Winona Ryder and other people, I, I can't remember all of the cast. I loved that movie. And I saw I started to read Little Women after that and wasn't that interested in it as a an adult by that point. I think it would have been something I should have read as a teenager. But so many women and so many women writers in particular talk about the importance of that book. Central character is Joe, who uh, wants to be a writer, becomes a writer. So it seems to have a very deep emotional and creative hold on a lot of writers. And I think Anne Napolitano has talked about that. But also one of the writers I admire most and whose work I just love is a writer named Geraldine Brooks, Mm. a novelist who won a Pulitzer Prize for her book, March, which is, I guess, in its way, an homage to Little Women, but tells the story of the father in Little Women going off to the Civil War, I mean, Mm. which happens in Little Women, but is not explored. So his story and then the story of the family as somewhat recast through his experience in the Civil War and their experience of mm. him being away. And uh, that book is just terrific. I mean, it has stayed with me for many, many years. And I've read many of Geraldine Brooks's novels. But this is a war novel. I mean, hers is a war novel. And in Little Women, that sort of happens in the margins. And right, right. So it's a reimagination of that family, of the March family. And is a kind of, I guess, companion sequel. I mean, I, I I don't know exactly how you'd describe it. All right. So the writer and the book I want to talk about is, and I should have like, you know, fair disclosure or something, is by Sebastian Barry. And although I've been married for 53 years, I am in love with Sebastian Barry. <laughs> <laughs> We have had the honor of hosting him. I've had the privilege of going to a play that he wrote, have had, you know, dinner with him. And so I love him. So he could write, you know, he could rewrite the phone book and I'd probably be in love. But I think his latest book, which is called Old God's Time, is representative of his work. And I I just want to read this quickly. This was... um, It was reviewed in the March 27th New Yorker. The review was written by Giles Harvey. And the first paragraph of the review says, the Irish historian Roy Foster was recently asked to explain one of the great riddles of world literature. How was it, the interviewer wanted to know, that a sparsely peopled island on the margins of Europe had managed to produce such a horde of canonical, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I think uh, so, you are. Yeah, writers. At a bare minimum, there's Swift, Stern, Yates, Oscar Wilde, Shaw, Joyce, Beckett, you know, Frank O'Connor, Flan O'Brien, Elizabeth Bowen, Seamus Heaney, and Sebastian Barry. And 
what Sebastian does, I do love Irish writing and storytellers. And I think what rivets me to them is they are often telling sad, if not tragic, stories, but manage to imbue those stories with a kind of a wit and comedy that seem at odds with the tragedy of their lives. But what I think it does is elevate those lives to something that feels, what would be the right, the, uh, to be reminded that everybody is filled with grace. I think, you know, William Trevor, who I'm also addicted to, was obviously brilliant at that. And Old God's Time, the minute I started this book, I was just drawn into, you know, and some of it is like little phrases. The character is walking through the rain, and then here was the blessed sunlight. Suddenly, the rain's shy sister, not with any heat in it, but a measure of pleasing hope. Right? Not not the, oh, the sun came out after the rain. So Old God's Time is the story of a recently retired policeman, Tom Kettle, who has retired to a little add-to house on a Victorian house outside of Dublin. And it's a story that you're not really sure what is real and what is the reveries of an old man. But he's visited by these policemen from the precinct. I don't know if that's the right word in Ireland that he had retired from. And they want his help on an old crime. And what the book visits is the toll on Tom Kettle, on police departments, and on Ireland, the way in which they protected priests and nuns, Mm. who, in some cases, and in more cases than anyone would want to believe, abuse kids, you know, sexually abuse them, basically made them in slave labor if they were orphans or if their mothers were unwed mothers. But the way Sebastian Barry tells the story about Tom Kettle, you are reminded how time sort of lives in all of us, our past lives, what we might think of our future lives lives within us and how we morph trauma and sadness and our past lives into living today. I don't I don't know if I'm adequately explaining the book but Old God's Time feels like the right title because you feel there's a part of reading the book and you think this is like Job but you so want to hear this man tell you more. You want to be with Tom Kettle. You want to be with who his family was. And I don't want to say too much because it has an element of mystery to it. Just know that you will be rewarded with exquisite writing and a tale that will not leave you. You've completely sold me. I mean, I have not (laughs) read this book yet, but I've read others of Sebastian Barry's. Days Without End was was a, a beautiful, beautiful book set in early America. And then the book of his I love the most is called A Long, Long Way, 
which is about uh, a group of Irish soldiers during World War One and yeah. the conflicting loyalties that they have to an independent Ireland and to what they must do in fighting for the British in in World War One and what what they think will come from for an Irish independence from that and just the the sadness of the deaths of World War One. I. I mean, and the deaths of individuals and the deaths of a certain dream. And he sounds like in this book, he captures something just as I was saying about uh, the Napolitano book, that there's something about individual lives and yet something larger being revealed also. Yeah. But since we love the first two so much, the other book of Sebastian Barry's that I adored was Secret Scripture. Which I haven't read. So oh, you I- have to read it. <laughs> you have to read it tonight. Okay. I, I will. You know, I, I just, I love that your affection for, and your, I uh, use this word ecumenically, uh, proselytizing for Irish writers. Because <laughs> I always come back to the way you uh, turned me on to Claire Keegan. Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago. And so you seem to have a gift for making Irish writers seem immediately necessary to read without letting another minute go by. So Good, good. This episode of Just the Right Book is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get on your way to being your best self. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash right book. We are living in stressful times and the hustle and bustle of the holidays can make it even more stressful. If you're considering starting therapy, try BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with the best for you licensed therapist. Now is the time to give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash writebook today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash writebook. This is Roxanne Cody. Thanks for listening. And now back to Just the Right Book. The other thing I just want to mention is, you know, I often wonder about this rereading books. I don't particularly reread books because I always feel so pressured to read all these books that I haven't read, you know, which I'm sure it's the same for you, Billy. They just pile up. Right. Um, And I do love the line, I think Wendy Lesser, who's an essayist, said, when you reread a book, you revisit yourself of that moment, right? So I want to mention Doris Grumbach, who just recently died at 104, a feminist, came of age in the 70s and 80s and was prolific as a writer. This book that she wrote called 50 Days of Solitude, she was then living in Maine with her partner. They had opened a used bookstore, actually not far from where we have a house in Maine. And I had casually met them without realizing who she was. You know, I went in there to buy books and they were booksellers. 
But 50 Days of Solitude is what she decided to do is she realized that when we live in the world, we're sort of wedded to our reputation, maybe a big reputation, maybe not a big reputation. But what she wanted to do is remove herself from the world to find out what her inner voice was and what what she was capable of writing in isolation. Did it pressure her to challenge herself and think about things in a different way? And I have not yet reread it, but I intend to. But I consider this book to be like one of my top 25 books as it, you know, that term of it rearranged my brain in terms of thinking about the benefits of uninterrupted solitude. And so I am excited to reread this. It's 50 Days of Solitude. She was 104, God bless her. It reminded me when I was reading the obituary that I had never read anything else of hers. <laughs> That's so, so interesting. I mean, I know. So I'm very excited about that. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you and everybody else posted. I'm eager to hear about the experience of rereading because I do reread books occasionally, uh, often books that I read in college or something like that. And I'll be shocked. I mean, I remember rereading Wuthering Heights about five years ago because we went to the Bronte Parsonage in Yorkshire. And I thought, what are you doing? Why are people giving this book to people in high school? I mean, who knows what is going on in Wuthering Heights when they're in high school? It makes no sense. This book is for I don't mean like adults only, but you can only as an adult grasp the emotions that, yeah. you're, that you're reading about here. So I also cringe a little bit. I, I, as I said, I don't often reread, but like I think about how obsessed I was with Herman Hess. I'm like afraid <laughs> to go read those books and, and think about what were you thinking? <laughs> All right. Well, Billy, we'll find out if people like this format where we're covering less books, a little bit more in depth, and we'll go back to the other format. So a big thank you again to all of our listeners. And again, please email us at podcast at rjjulia.com and let us know, do you like this format? Do you like another format? Do you want us to cover more books very briefly, two books a little bit more in depth? We want everyone to have a good time. And really, we want everybody to be motivated to read. So thank you for listening, Billy. Thanks again for joining us on Just the Right Book Shorts. Thank you, Roxanne. You are listening to Just the Right Book with Roxanne Cody, brought to you by Lit Hub Radio. The show is produced by Roxanne Cody, Michael Selleck, and Lit Hub Radio. Our editor is Gino Cardone at Pleasant Podcast. The original theme music is by Kurt Feldman. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am Roxanne Cody. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any comments, observations, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me at justtherightbook at rjjulia.com.